0: Welcome to the Guts Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story
1: at gutschurch.com. Well, welcome to Guts. Um, I call you blessed coming in and going out. Um, Tonight, I'm going to be joined with not only with my Lifetime partner, but two other partners that collectively, I think there's almost a century of marriage. <laughs> I mean, I might need some help getting off the stage tonight, um, but uh, man, I want to. I want to. First of all, I want to welcome Sandra Lee Shear up on the stage. And uh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And then our special guests, do you want to introduce them, Sandy?
0: You mean, okay. Denny and Deonza, Duran. come on up.
1: And I want you guys to know you're in for a treat. Let, let me just give you a little bit of background while these guys are getting situated. Um, they spoke at the Guts X School of Ministry today. Um, there was a question that was asked that, I, man, it teed up. I had a mouthful about it because it's one of my pet peeves. And Pastor Deddy answered it s- so amazing. And, and I'm going to tell you how he did it because he'll sneak up on you. He is the kindest, gentlest. Every time my children are with him, they're they're looking at me like, Dad, can any of that rub off on you? (laughs) But let me tell you what he did. He answered the question. He took the, he he, he was luring the baby seals in (laughs) so gently and and with bait and just bringing them in. And then I'm telling you, he brought the club out and (laughs) I was in shock, and it was amazing. So, uh, so Coach, Pastor, yes. dear friend, Denny and Deonza are here. Sandy's here, and I, I just wanna, I, I, I wanna lay some groundwork, okay? I think I think our staff, the people that put this service together, the concern was the intro and the exit, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is gonna be smooth as silk. This intro. Like, like you would expect from me. Um, but but the, the Paul said, look, here's, here's, how the, how, here's how kingdom marriage operates. Men, love your wife. Love your wife more than you love anything. Love your wife more than you love yourself. And, 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 then, he, and then he said something simple. It, it, he said, wives, respect your husbands. And let me, let me tell you, for, for women, I know for Sandy, that's a major step of faith, okay? Because I don't know if you guys know this, but men and women are completely different. We think differently. We, I mean, it's, I, was, I was always the no parent. Um, I was always, the boys had come to visit my daughters, and there was one where, uh, I, I think it was Kennedy. And, um, and she's on the front row. It would be easier if it were Brooklyn, I think, because she's in Jacksonville. Hey, Brooklyn. But um, she said, Dad, please, all we're going to do is go get a pop. He doesn't think you like him. So please, just do whatever you have to do. Would you just be nice to him? I said, yes. This is, this is going to be easy. Ten minutes later, the doorbell rang. I opened the door, and he's just looking at me. I said, Hey. I want to clear something up. (laughs) Kennedy, ten minutes ago, said that you don't think I like you, you know, and he's like a seventeen-year-old boy, you know, and uh, and I'm a grown man, but um, he he said I said uh, Kennedy doesn't think I like you, so I just want I want to clear things up. I just want to clear the air. Is that okay with you? He said yes. I said I don't like your truck. I don't like that your truck pulled into my neighborhood. I don't like that your truck pulled into my driveway. I don't like it that you got out of your truck. I don't like it that you're at my door right now. I don't like it that you rang the doorbell. There's nothing about you that I like, nothing. And she's upstairs, flying downstairs, screaming for her mom. And of course I got in trouble, but... But... That was how I parented. (laughs) Um, But I I want you guys to know that we've been in prayer. We have kicked the can about this service about as much as you can. But I I want you to know that, number one, God has shown up on your behalf. And number two, though, it's God's will for you to have a fulfilling, amazing marriage. And some of you guys are single. Some of you guys are divorced. Some of you guys have never been married. And I'm just telling you, your past is in the past. Your past is gone. And I'm sure you've asked God to forgive you of whatever missteps that you took. But I'm just telling you, here's what I believe God's doing tonight. God is going to give you a connection with your spouse, give you the, give you the information and even the, the ammunition to be able to go into a new marriage in the future or something that you're believing God for. But let me just tell you, your marriage, there's going to be life brought in and light brought in and a connection between husband and wife that are, that are going to be made here tonight. And, and because I'm just telling you, forgiveness is easy. It's verbal. You say, God, forgive me. And then you say, honey, I forgive you all right, and I'm giving you a pass on this, but trust is earned, and you know what? We've got to be men, and we've got to be women that can earn, a, earn that trust. You know, we have to do it, we have to do it all the time. Pastor Sandy and I have to do it with our staff, we have to do it with elders, we have to do it with assistant pastors, where we've got to, we've got to earn people's trust regularly, because let me tell you, you get on the internet, and look at what preachers are like, and look, at, and how can you trust them? It's like, well, you got, you, here, here's how you do it, and let me tell you, this is for men in here, women alike, but for the men especially, you're known by your fruit. If the fruit's bad, the tree's bad. If the fruit's good, the tree's good. Start producing good fruit, and, and so I think I'm going to sit down. We all have mics. You want to? I like the way it is.
0: All
1: right, let's leave it. How did I do, fellas? Huh? See, I'd normally, normally i just cave. It's like, yeah, stack them on each other if you want. It's like, no, this is how I like it right here, the That's way right. this is. <laughs>
0: well,
1: <laughs> well, um, number one, guard your heart with all diligence. Uh, some of you guys are, are, have been, you're single and you, you got your heart broke. Um that's your fault. You give your heart away when you get married. When you say I do, that's when you hand your heart over and two become one. And so if you're giving your heart away before you're married, it's up for grabs. So guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues gives you the answer for everything in life. And I think that's, that's key. Um, in ministry, there's two things that God ordained. And Sandy and I talk about this a lot. Um, marriage and the church. We are lifetime marriage and lifetime church people. Because both of them are covenant. Both of them are the example of covenant. Like, Sandy and I, it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. Um, it, it's, not, it's not my money and her money. It's not my room and her room. It's It's ours. All of it is, and, and you have to understand that, that, there, that there's no division at all, and whether there's going to be natural because it's men and women, and we think differently, we communicate differently, we, we react differently, and we have, to, we have to know that going in, but in order for this to happen, and then I want to let the sparks fly, you guys just jump in. In order for this to happen, there has to be a tangible revelation, a true understanding of, of love, of, of the God kind of love. See, I can't just love Sandy with an eros love or a, or, or a um, phileo love. There's got to be that God kind of love. And let me tell you, God gives us that. That's, that's the covenant of marriage is, is agape love. The God kind of love comes into effect and man never is never offended never never suffers a wrong, never returns evil for evil um, and and then, because what got i 'll tell you what the world needs the world needs a godlike messenger representing marriage for the world, otherwise it's going to come from sitcoms and and if you notice from the from the eighties on every father and every man in sitcoms are Rom-coms or whatever, whatever they are, they're always doofuses. They're, none of them are meant that we want to pattern our lives after. And so, what? So it has to be. It has to come from the gospel and come from the local church. That's That's so I'm just talking.
0: Yeah. That's, great. That's
1: great. Danny, coach
2: us up. <laughs> Where would you like me to start? <laughs> What I will tell you is that uh, we take this night very seriously. Dion's and I don't do a lot of marriage stuff. And uh, the reason why is because for some reason, when we decide we're going to do a marriage, quote, seminar or teaching, we will have the biggest altercations in the history of our marriage. (laughs) I mean, it just... The expo- devil. Well, it exposes everything, doesn't it? Really. And it's, you know, it's generally my fault. Well, it's totally my fault, I'm sure. But, but what I can say is that we also understand that this is a, a venue of warfare. Anytime you enter the arena to try to bring change to your marriage, Satan will do everything within his power To keep you locked in to the mundane, insufficient relationship that you have right now. When there is so much more that God has for you. When God has something for you that you probably never even dared to request. And you know, Pastor, I can't get away from this list of questions. I just feel like before I walked in here. That The Lord laid that on my heart. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that we just do a quick arrangement because this is Guts Church, and I think you're a lot like our church in Shreveport, Louisiana, where we we can absolutely cook on the fly. We can get it done. So this is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask everybody that has, a, has something to write with and um, something to write on. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you have that. If not, I'm going to ask you to turn to the notes in your, on, in your phone. Yeah. Wherever you write notes, I want you to turn there. And I want you to get ready. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to first of all do something that we as ministers understand in our uh, creating of sermons as creating the need. Creating the need. Every time you preach, the first thing that you must do when you're confronting an audience or even when you're giving a speech for some cause, even in the secular world, is that you create the need. And uh, you could walk in here, the two of you, sitting together, looking great, everything's fine. Both of you know that you have a less than sufficient relationship. And when I say less than sufficient... I'm not talking about you being on life support. I am just saying that you have a relationship that is not what you really desire on the inside. But what happens in venues like this and meetings like this is that you come, you sit it out. All the information is shared. A lot of it hits. Maybe there's a tear or two. Most of it goes over your head because you allow that to happen. And then you get up, like everything's fine, and you walk out never really having personalized what was said. And so right now, I want to make this intensely personal. And I'm going to ask you to answer some questions individually. Now, this is not a um, couple project. This is for each of you individually to do. So yes, You answer the questions and let your husband answer the questions. You answer the questions, husband, and let your wife answer the questions. Okay, here's the first one. It's just uh, to get you into the flow. This is the one that's not painful at all. You ready? How long have you been together? Question number one. Secondly, here we go. How would you rate your communication with your mate, 1 to 10? I want you to be honest. You say, well, is he going to see this? Is she going to see this? I hope so. (laughs) We're here to fix stuff, to see you have the greatest Valentine's of all. You say, no, you're here to pick a fight. No, we're not going to do that. (laughs) We're going to see the grace of God do some wonderful things through the testimonies. Of these wonderful people that are sitting here. Number three. Are you still trying. Now understand the emphasis. Are you still trying to build. A better marriage. Or have you honestly lost hope. Now you'll understand that that's. A yes and no question. Can I add something to that. Sure. Or have you settled. Have you settled. Yes. Beautiful. Number four. What have you done or tried before to promote change? You know, the answer to this for some of you will be nothing. Because in all of your marriage, you've never sought outside help. You've never been to a counseling session. You've never read a book together. You have never done one thing, honestly. Now you say, well, you're condemning us. No, I'm not. I'm telling you that you have great hope. Look. You're still here, you're still married, and you have all the possibilities of all of this help that you have never even tapped. You're in great shape because there is help to be had, okay? Now, here's the next one. This is where we start to get a little bit uh, salty here. Do you feel like your mate is willing to try again? Do you feel like your mate is willing to try? Again, and when I mean, what I'm talking about is not divorce and remarriage. I'm talking about to make this what God wants it to be. Yes or no? All right. Number six, how much are you personally willing to change to keep your relationship alive? And you just write an affirmative answer or say, I'm not sure. Those would probably be the two operative responses there. All right, here we go. Number seven. What would you consider to be your biggest problem in your marriage? Go ahead. Go for it. Here's the second part of the question. When do you think it started? Number eight, are there any past conflicts that you still need to resolve? Is there anything that was hurtful, damaging, deflating, insulting that's still on the table? Never, ever really resolved it? Number nine, and this is important why? Did you originally fall in love? What was it about that person that made you love them and decide to give your one life to them? Everybody needs to participate. All right. I'm going to come out there. What are the positive qualities which you know you bring to the relationship? What are the positive qualities you know you bring to the relationship? Some of you men are going to say, I make a good living. I put food on the table. Let me just say that is not to be minimized. (laughs) That's huge. You put that down. But let me just tell you, if you want a great marriage, it's not going to be enough. But it's still... Not to be minimized. If that's all you've got to say, you put that down. Congratulations on that. All right, here we go. How would you describe your life together now? And this is, uh, let's go on a scale again of one to ten. How would you describe your life together now? And what I'm talking about is, are you happy? Twelve. How would you describe your relationship today in one sentence? Give me a sentence. Come on. I feel our relationship is this today. I feel our relationship is this because of this today. Just give me one sentence. I'm going to give you a chance to finish that. Number 13 finish this sentence i wish you would blank and you cannot put go somewhere on that <laughs> i wish you would what do you wish your wife or your husband would do to just bring more clarity your tenderness or life to your marriage Finish this sentence. This is 14. I wish you wouldn't. Now, you notice the absence of this term, of this word, always, because that's one of the problems in marriage. So don't use always. I wish you wouldn't always, because it's not always. Just put, I wish you wouldn't, and be honest about that. Now, here's 15. It's very important. And this should open your heart so that we can really proceed. If I could have one prayer answered for our marriage, it would be, and I want you to take a minute and I want you to write that prayer. Just that short prayer. If I could have one prayer answered for our marriage, it would be. Now what I'm going to ask is that we just have a word of prayer. Can I just you mind if I pray, Pastor? Go. Praise God. Father, I pray that right now, Lord, as the attention and the focus is turned from the stage to the audience, where it should be, and Lord, as it's turned from what we're going to be saying to what is being deeply felt in the hearts of those that are in attendance here, I ask that everything that is shared in response to, to these wonderful questions that have come in all week, will be straight to the marrow of our spirits, because we are awake right now, and we understand it's about us, it's about our marriage, and it's about your will and your purpose in our marriage. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, "Amen." Amen. How about how about Pastor Danny?
1: The Bible says, remove the scoffer and strife will cease. The word scoffer comes from two Hebrew words, to analyze and finalize. If you have finalized your marriage or your spouse or yourself, repent of that. I'm, I'm telling you, if God promotes and provokes change in our lives, and we stop, cha- we stop changing, we're going to die. Yeah. And well, that's powerful. understand that. The, the, the analyze and finalize. And something that when the first time I looked at this list, when Pastor Denny sent it to me, I thought, one, after the prayer, okay, now live that prayer for 24 hours. And a part of it, there, w- there was... Uh, there, there was one that what I wish would change, it, it was worded differently. And, and I'm telling you, a big key, you eat good the fruit that comes out of your mouth. Negative thoughts that become negative words turn into negative life. And, man, how about if you spent the next 24 hours and nothing negative came out of your mouth? Nothing. And nothing corrective, nothing critical, nothing negative. Because let me tell you something. The things that are said negative to or about me are much louder than the negative things I say. And I, 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 I seem to miss most of the negative things that I say, but catch most of the negative things that, that are said to me. So, so what if you just decided we are not going to be negative for a day, for one day? And then, and then sit down and listen, go through that list again. We could, we could post this list on, the, on a website or something, however we do that, and you could go back and, and, and look at it. But this is about, let me tell you, the way we do church, it's real simple. We want to we get people in the room, and then we want to get them to come back. And we want to connect them. So we have to offer next steps. Well, the same thing's true with your marriage. The th- same thing's true with your relationship. It's, there, there's very little in our relationship that is going to sneak up on us. So, you know what? This, this just, and I, but we can't just operate by muscle memory. Man, it's got to, and, and I'll tell you, just by nature of what we do for a living, our life's an adventure. Okay? But I think that keeps things healthy that it's an adventure, that there's, there's an enemy at the door regularly. Well, we know how to fight. We've set incredible boundaries. We've got, we've got standards that we keep and then convictions that we live by. You know, it's, we, we have to be living epistles read of all men. Because let me tell you, people are not getting the information, the wisdom, the understanding, or the revelation of a of a true married life I
0: have, I have a question what are some of the boundaries that you guys have established in your marriage also can you tell us how long you've been married maybe introduce yourself a little bit
3: we've been married 43 years yes, yes. Nice. so we're experts so just ask us anything. So what are the boundaries? What are, what are some boundaries that you got, you have in your marriage? Well, I think, I think it's almost impossible to talk about marriage without just talking about you. So when I have certain boundaries in my life, period, I, I'm not going to uh, be dishonorable to the people that I love. I'm not going to dishonor him. That's a boundary. Right. That, you know, it's it's so important. Uh, Denny, uh, he is a gift in my life. And so we have guarded the way we talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, boundaries of our own relationship with Christ. I, I, let me tell this story. Maybe this will help. Uh, I was almost 30 when we got married. And I remember... Uh, driving the day of our wedding to get my hair done, and I was in the car all by myself. And I, I, you know, you pray and then you pray. And I prayed. I said, God, give me a word, give me a rock that I can stand on when, when the low times come because I, I was old enough, I'd already seen some of our friends, some of my friends that had gotten married, they were already losing their relationship. So obviously there I, I knew there this is not the easiest thing. There are there are traps you can fall into. And I just I, I just needed something from God that I could stand on when things got shaky. And this is what he said to me. I've never heard him speak any more clearly to me ever. And he spoke this, he said, the moment you begin to depend upon Denny for what only I can be, that's when your marriage will begin to unravel. And it's been my rock. And there will be times when there's tension here or there's an issue. And and I realize, wait a minute, before I even go horizontal with this, I'm going to have to go back vertical and see if there's some things that need to be straightened out this way. So, so my boundary internally has always been that I cannot look to him yeah. for fulfillment, for my peace, for my joy. We're people, we're different, we see differently, we have different lens, we were created differently, yeah. our, our paths are different. Our families were different. So when we're talking about this issue right here, we may not see this the same, and it may take a while. But one of the boundaries for us, even with resolution of conflict, is, hey, you're not that problem. We're going to figure this out. It may be later. But you are my, my everything. But you're not what only God can be. And when I keep myself, when I keep that boundary around my spirit, around my heart, around my attitude, then I can then turn my attention to him, to Denny in our life and everything is different. But when I'm I'm not fresh in my spirit with God, when I'm looking to Denny and I'm wanting him to solve this and solve everything with the family, then things start getting shaky, and, and they're not good. So that, for me, is one of the biggest boundaries. What would you say,
2: boundaries? Well, not, same, exactly the same. And what we have to understand is that in this house, one of the messages that is preached often, which you don't hear everywhere, is you create your world with your words. Yes. Totally. I mean, this pastor has been faithful to inform you that that is the basic doctrine of the Word of God. You say, well how is that the basic doctrine? Let's talk about salvation. The Bible says this. It says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made. There is never a completed covenant in all of scripture until words are released. And what is wrong in many of our marriages, is that we don't have a shot to create a new world because we don't use our words affirmatively to declare the things that we desire. We don't regularly speak to our spouses and declare what they are. I'm going to tell you, you know, there is never a day that passes by that we do not spend intense moments, riding in the car, walking hand in hand, or just talking on the phone, declaring over each other the things that we appreciate. There's there's never a day.
0: Bill and I by. do that
2: too. <laughs> yes. yes. Every day. Yeah. yeah. I promise wow. I'll start doing that. now.
3: <laughs> write, write it down.
1: Hey,
2: now here's what I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm going to tell you is that it has not always been that way. Mm-hmm. Our first two years, I want to tell you, I've never in my life been more convinced that I made a mistake and she made a mistake <laughs> than those first two years. It was, it, it was amazing. We fought like cats and dogs. I mean, we could not get along. And I was saying, well, God, you know, I'm going to endure to the end. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm going to make this end. And she was feeling. Dang, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> it's even more that way. Well, then we began to grow through the years. And may, may I say that I really don't think until we were later in life that it began to dawn on us that all of the time, everything we needed to create a great world for ourselves and our marriage was in our words. Yeah was in the declaration of what we felt in our hearts. You know what I've discovered as I've traveled across America in recent days, and this is the way I give invitations, is that I ask people, I say, how many of you believe that Jesus is the only Christ, the only Son of God? You know that almost 100% of the audiences raise their hands. And then my next question, my next statement to them is this, well, then the Holy Spirit has already been at work in you, hasn't He? Because the Bible says that no one calls Jesus yeah. Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But yet, how many of you have never, ever sealed the deal by making a covenant with the Lord to declare to Him, Hey, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you were raised from the dead. I said, because that means you would be saved But you're not saved because you've only come to righteousness. You haven't stepped over the line by declaring with your mouth what you believe, what you feel, and what you have in your heart. And the fact is, marriages don't get any better until we learn to communicate what we deeply feel. Until we learn to say, I appreciate you doing this for me. I don't take this for granted. I appreciate the way that you speak to me and the way that you encourage me. Thank you for the way that you minister to our children. Thank you for the way that you always have my cup of coffee in the morning. I cannot tell you how much that means to me. You say, well, why? Because it's true. And I believe it. And I think it. You know the truth is? That's why so many of you are close to great marriages and you don't even know it. That's right, because you think all of those things too. You believe all those things too. You just need to speak them so that the covenant will come into play, and the glory of God will come to your house.
0: That's really good.
1: Well,
2: you want to Well, I
0: was going to ask you your boundaries, because I was thinking of one boundary that we have that when we first got married, that we had a boundary that we would never ever speak divorce in our home. So we've been married for 40 years and we have never to this day spoken divorce. What about murder? Murder? (laughs) Murder's on the table, Um, but- No, no,
1: let me me just throw something in here. What I learned this last week (laughs) is you don't, when you're within 50 feet of a stoplight and it's yellow, Sandy doesn't like it when you punch it. <laughs> because I, for sure, it was yellow when I got into the yeah, sure. intersection, yeah. and it was red. Me too. But Sandy was convinced it was red when I got into the intersection, and um, proceeded was, to let me know for like two miles. <laughs> yeah. But
0: I don't suffer silently at <laughs> all. I'll tell you that right now.
1: She goes, you can do that by on your own, but I you said, cannot you can do it do that when you're in the car. the, the, kids in the, the grandkids car or the kids or grandkids,
2: like,
0: no. Okay. Yeah. That was just like two days ago,
2: wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's still an open you, wound. If you, I, I want to tell you folks, though, that here's the exception. If you have a great marriage when you're in the car together, oh, yeah, that's true. You, that's you don't just have a great marriage. You're a saint. Yeah.
1: I, I, I'll t- uh, huh? are, you, are you telling me the answer no, to the question? No.
0: I do want to say, I minutes. don't know if many of you guys noticed how these were separated. And then we the women I said, hey, can we put them together? And then someone made the decision like he's going to go ahead and leave the table separated. I want everyone to notice, especially the women. You just submit. You say, great, that's a great plan. And look at this right together. This is a perfect marriage example of how you just wait, you submit, you wait, and then it Move. comes your way. It comes your way, doesn't it?
1: Lose yeah. graciously, fellas.
0: I was just wanting to talk about boundaries for a minute because <clears throat> another boundary that we have is we don't, we don't text opposite sex. So we, So I don't text men, he doesn't text women. Um, I think that's important. I think it's important, and I don't think it's just important because we're pastors. I think um, we don't go to lunch with the opposite sex um, by ourselves. We we go in a you know we'll go in a group or or um, it keeps things very safe within ride our marriage. In the car. Yeah, we don't ride in the car. I heard um, Billy
1: Billy Graham would get off an elevator if a woman got on. He was by himself, and I've done that 50 times probably now, and it's rude. I think people think it's rude, but I'd rather be rude than the alternative.
0: But it just safeguards your marriage, I think. I think things like this, um, and y'all can make your own decisions on what you do. I'm just saying that these are things that we've done that I think has safeguarded us. Um, I've never once in 40 years, of course, the phone has not been available for 40 years, but I've never once checked his phone. Not once. And I know women that I know that are married that check them weekly after their husband goes to sleep and checks, checks who they've been texting and that kind of stuff. If you're having to do that, there's a problem. If you're having to go and check, there is a problem. And, um, just thought I'd throw that out. I don't know what to go with with that, but, um, I just think if you think about the different boundaries that you have, just the different non-negotiables that you have in your marriage, it will safeguard your marriage. It will safeguard
1: you. Well, and that's the boundaries. Yeah. The boundaries, you have to set non-negotiables. You have to set the things you are not going to compromise. Right. And, and I'll tell you the key that we, if, we, if we had another hour and a half tonight and we got into practical steps to resolve conflicts, it would be invaluable for every home in here. Conflict resolution is, there is a science and an art to it. Mm -hmm. And I think most people, most guys, I'll be honest with you, cave. Just give in. It's just not worth, the juice is not worth the squeeze. And I don't, I'm tired of being on a bad side. And I'll tell you, we... um, We had a marriage retreat 20 years ago or something. It was when the Renaissance Hotel just opened, and Roger Walsh, Roger and Barbara elders here, and faithful, committed, amazing pillars in our lives. But there was a a time in a session where he interjected the reason God's word says men love your wives, wives submit to your husbands, because naturally, men submit to their wives, and li- wives love their husbands. So supernaturally, God flipped that for us. And what, what's amazing about this is, is that, A, you have to learn how to fight fair. If you, if you say, well, we never, there, were, there was a couple that were on staff at a church we were at in California that got up and said, we've been married 45 years, and we've never had an argument. And I'm like, you're a lion sack of- And we hadn't been married very long then. And um and I, I look and at And it- I
0: got up and said there hasn't been a day that we haven't fought.
1: <laughs> that went over well. And we've been true to course since then. <laughs> but 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 listen, there's a way to it it's like this, and I don't wanna this is Taylor and Cassie's story to tell, but I was I was talking to, to I was talking to uh, Trip, who's six I think now, mm-hmm. and Charleston's seven or eight or it's the, they're they're a year apart or year and a half. Help me, Cass. How old are they? Okay, and Charleston hit like punch Trip, and Trip went after, her. and I pulled him aside. I said, Trip, you can't hit. Charleston. He said, she hit me. I said, boys don't hit girls. And let me tell you, that's, that's a part of fighting fair. And like, if I came in here and I said, hey, Sandy hit me, the men in here would roll their eyes and say, are you, are you whining about it? What are you, what are you doing? See, men, men don't hit women. I, women shouldn't hit men either, but that's a great way to like you communicate with Tyler that way, much easier than sitting down and having coffee with him, just strike him. But um, but listen, it, it, it's that simple that you go through things, and you know what? You write things down. And, and, and here's the other deal. The key to marriage is you figure it out. You find a way. It's like it, Pastor Denny's a football coach, probably in the top few in the... In the history of high school football in in America. He he's he's played in games where it's like, we gotta we gotta find a way, we gotta figure it out. And I'm telling you that when you get that good, you usually have to beat the other team and the officials. Because there's a we're we gotta even the playing field for this 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 program that's that's not as esteemed as Evangel might be. But I, I think you have to find a way. You got to figure it out. But you've got to find your boundaries. You got to set your borders. And and then, if something comes up, let me just tell you, the issues in your life that the enemy comes in and has a play with, is always from open doors or windows. And I'm telling you, Sandy has been, and it's been an, she. It, it, it's like an art. She's artful with this. That if something's going on in our life, it's like, okay, wait, where have we left the door open? Where is there a window open? How has the enemy gotten in? And let me tell you something, as soon, God's going to reveal it to you. God, show us what we don't know. God, remind us of everything Jesus said. Show us, man, lead and guide us into all truth. And because, let me tell you, the Word of God, His promise, and the Holy Spirit gives you an advantage to have world class marriages, yes, that's right. and I'm, I'm just telling you, it's that it is that simple. Sitting in church together is huge. Yeah. Being at church is huge. Yeah. Making it a priority is huge, because all it does it gives you it gives you that set piece. Because let me tell you, your marriage right now this is a home game. Man, there's probably. There's, there, there's probably more peace in, in marriages in this room right now than there are when you're at home or you're, you're riding in the truck together. See, so understand this is pivotal. It's because the word of God's being spoken over your life continually through this.
3: And you know, it just reminds me talking about boundaries and our words and resolution conflict. At the foundation of that is, is this reality is that it really matters to God how you treat your spouse. Yeah. When someone doesn't treat one of my seven children right, I, something rises yeah, up it's in odd. me. All of all of you parents understand that. Hurt me but don't hurt my kids. Well, when you begin to see that your spouse is loved of God, He knew him before he was formed in his mother's womb. He has a plan. There's gifts inside of him. He has a destiny, a legacy. And to realize that that it matters to God because the marriage relationship is like no other relationship. It's holy. And many times that straightens me up. And it not only gives me a holy fear, but it also, on the other side of that coin, is I realize there's so much. I want it all. I want the best marriage ever. I want all that God has. And it may not happen right now. And all conflicts may not be resolved tonight with the conversation. But as we stay connected to the body, as we keep growing, we serve. I'm just telling you, after 43 years of marriage, I have never (laughs) been so thankful that God gave me Denny and that we didn't give up and that we, we stuck it out when we sometimes, you know, the enemy will always come and say, you just don't fit. You're just not the right one. That's such a lie. God, God, God puts you together in ways that, that is miraculous, but it takes our patience. It takes our trust and it takes us saying, you know what? I want it all. And I'm I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna be patient, and I'm going to do my part. I can't do his part, but I can sure do my
2: part. Now I know Taylor gave us questions, and they're really good questions from everybody out here. So can I like be the question asker here for a second? You bet. All right. Here's here is question number one. Uh, trust is earned you already you already covered that okay question number two how do you handle parents who don't treat your spouse well
3: well here's the reality I mean I don't know if you're talking not treating them badly but sometimes it's not the best scenario my assumption was if if it was God's will for me to marry you, then it was God's will for His parents to be my mom and dad. Go ahead, and tell,
2: tell our story because I think that's pretty. Well, powerful. he's
3: an only child. Our parents met at our marriage, our wedding. We came from different planets, somewhat. I lived in L.A. He, was, we just weren't in the same circle. So, uh, it it didn't. Your parents did not think I was the right one. That's right. Okay, that's not that's common knowledge, but. On our wedding. shouldn't hurt Sandy's
1: parents.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But the bottom line is. Her
1: dad's a southern gentleman, (laughs) except for about 15
3: minutes. (laughs) But he he honored me and loved me, and I, I knew I was priority. And so I think that's what calmed that hoe, and and the fact that I mean his parents are gracious and wonderful. Well, and the
2: other thing, the other thing is this is that Anza during that whole time never reacted. She was so confident in what we had together. And she basically said to me because you know I'm angry because I'm I'm basically saying how dare you not accept the girl that I've chosen, and yet, you know, I have these godly, wonderful parents, but both of them were, you know, convinced, I just, they just didn't think that this was probably the right girl. Here's what you have to understand, it's not your parents' choice, (laughs) it's as clear as that, it is your choice, and if, and that's if you're seeking God now, if you're out living crazy, then you know you are going to make a bad choice, but I can tell you if you're seeking God, which I was and which she was, yeah. you know she was as godly as anyone I'd ever met in my life, and she understood that this thing is going to work out Absolutely. all right. And so I, I, I think that that was that was your victory.
3: I, I know I knew this. I knew that it, had I been in their place, I probably would have felt the same way looking into our relationship, but I knew that if uh, that for me to come against his mom and dad would only hurt our relationship. And that the best way I could honor him would be to honor his parents and just say, yeah. baby, they love you. Their their opinions come from a deep love and concern for you. And so you know what? she ministered
2: to me in the process That's is what r-
3: I'm saying. We, I was determined that we're not gonna let this be a big thing. We're going to, through time, and I'm just telling you, they. I could not have more loving. His, your daddy adored oh, me, and her, his mom is still alive, and she's, she's my mom now on earth because my mom is in heaven, and they're treasures. But you know what? You, you speak your faith. You act right, and you, and you, and you respond in love. God, God covers it.
1: Well, Sandy's parents exampled because I, I asked her dad, can I just talk to you for a minute? We went up to a study. And uh, he, said, he said, how are you going to yeah. provide for my daughter? <laughs> I don't know. But I said, let me tell you something, sir. I was, I was already convinced and rock solid about marrying Sandy. But that, that little abutment that we hit with her family caused me to, I, I knew that I knew that I knew at that point. And I said, let me tell you something. She'll never want for a thing. Mm-hmm. And somehow, mm-hmm. something clicked in him. He walked downstairs and said, my blessings upon this mm-hmm. marriage. Oh, and super, yeah. wow. and it, so it exampled something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think that, again, with, with in-laws, it's boundaries. Yes. And you know what? You have to, you have to set those boundaries. They're not. Evidently, there's some ethereal grandparent boundary out there, and I'll say, Sandy said, "What are you doing? I'm going to go, I'm going to go see the grandbabies." And she said, "No, you're not. Did Cassie invite you over there?" I said, "Well, Cassie, who? They're my grandbabies." <laughs> and she said, "There's grandparent boundaries." I said, "Where did these boundaries come from? I didn't buy into these boundaries. These are my my they, those kids adore me, and I've." I've got hundred hundreds of dollars in my pocket and we're going to quick trip. But you have to honestly, you've you've got to set boundaries. Now listen, for you, yes. not for your in-laws. So good. And it's gotta work for you. Yeah. I'm responsible for me, not my in-laws. Man, so good. Yeah. And and honestly, not my parents. The Bible says. That a, hus- that a husband will leave his parents and cleave to his wife. It doesn't say a wife will leave her leave her parents and cleave to her husband. But the idea of this is that there's a there's a there's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. And I'm 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 setting the boundaries. And it's it's difficult, especially because most parents and grandparents. They, they just thought that they were going to learn it by osmosis. There was no one really instructed them on how to do it. And, you know, I think that maybe when America was all agriculture, it was probably different. But, man, once once people started doing the industrial age hit and their vocations, and especially us, we're going to go into ministry. You know, I remember my dad saying, how long can you minister to young people? I don't know. I can't. I can for the next year or so. I'll figure it out after that. And, and the next thing you know, there's sons in ministry that come up and start ministering. And, and so now there's four generations in this church. I don't suppose I can reach all four. Yeah. But I'll tell you, the team can. Yeah. And, but it, you wanted to say boundaries. That, that You have to set in-law boundaries yes. as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's, all, it's always important, let me tell you you, hopefully, it'll get better. Hopefully, it'll resolve itself. But if it doesn't, every single time, you prefer your mate. The Bible says that the will of God in marriage is that you leave your mother, that you cleave to your wife, that you have now established a new path a new priority relationship yes. that will always be the priority relationship of your life, and if you simply set that boundary, don't be mealy mouthed when it comes yeah. to your wife taking yes. abuse from your mother, a hundred percent, or your father making snide remarks. That you can't allow that. Yes. You have to. You have to make your defense. You have to make your descent. And a lot of wives come home and they they just say, you know, I can't even speak to him about it anymore. Every time we go over there, she says things that insult me. And he just says, oh, that's just mom. We're in their house. I don't care if you're in their house. You're the man. You make sure that your mother understands she's not going to talk to your wife like that. Mm -hmm. Not ever, not now, not later, not ever. And it's very, very important that you set those boundaries. And I can tell you this, if you'll do that, not only will you establish yourself as a man of the house with the blessing of God upon you, but that will provide for greater intimacy than you've ever known.
3: I know on the back they have the question, what is your best piece of advice to have a good, sustainable marriage? And I know we're running out of time. So uh, for my I I would, in closing with that, and I'm sure each one of y'all, but I would, the scripture that comes to my mind is this, um, love never fails. That's right. Love will give you the extra strength, the energy, the patience, the wisdom, the discernment, because God is love. So when you allow love to be the flavor of what you're thinking, what you're doing in your relationship. I love tonight because it just, it, we all want to up our game, right? We all want more in our marriages. We all want to please God with our marriages. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you yeah. do this. But because I, I was praying before the thing, God, I want to be a better wife. I want, I want our communication to go to a new level. And the bottom line I would say to all of us, because we're all in this together, is that God is pleased when we love and love is kind it is forgiving it doesn't keep a record of offenses and all that whole list that is a that is a perfect list filter for us to live our lives with but if you're sitting here tonight and you're hurting there's a healing god yes and and tonight can be my i want a new beginning in my marriage cuz i want every day to be a new beginning i want i want it all yeah. but it, tonight it can be all of our, our new beginnings, even in the raw areas that are not easy to talk about. They're not solvable in one conversation. And I, I'm just excited. I thank you for doing this because it's it's so important. We get busy. Uh, and it, sometimes it's just good to just settle in and focus on our relationships. And God's, God's got a plan. He's going to take care of us. I think um,
0: I was... I think you have. I think a lot of people don't love themselves. Mm. Oh, I cool. really do. Yeah. Wow. I think wow, they don't. Wow, they've wow. grown up and either their parents have have spoken wow. words over them, or um, yeah. you know, uh, to some degree. But I was really studying this, and um, one of the one of the things I, I believe is that you have to love yourself first mm. before you can love others. Mm. And Mark twenty two thirty seven thirty nine is a scripture that I found that it says, um, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul." And it says, "This is the first commandment, but the second is like unto it, that you love your neighbor as yourself." Yeah. So it's okay to love yourself. Yes. I mean, we need to love ourselves because we can't give away what we don't have. Right. So if you don't That's love really yourself. Good. And how am I gonna love Bill if I don't love myself? Or, you know, um so that's that's, so that's what I would say. That would so, be one thing I would say. And that's that's assuming that everybody goes back to the word of God um and, and finds out what, what the word says about your marriage. What the word any any answer you need, any question you have, it is in yeah. God's word. It's the I mean, it may not be like, go to quick trip and get this, but I'm saying it will show you. It says the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth, that you won't take one step out of his perfect will. So when you're in the will of God, when you're doing the best you can and you love God, he will direct you in everything you're supposed to do in your marriage and in your life and with your friends and with your children. And it just goes on and on. And then you live the God kind of life. And that's what we all want here. That's right. Is for you yes. to have the God kind of marriage, yes. to have the God kind of life. We want you to win in every area of your life. We're not just doing this because it's fun getting up here. And, I mean, we love being with our friends and all this. But we all pr- we prayed today yes. that that the right questions would be asked. And we, we would all um, be able to speak the right things that will go to the very heart of every hearer here. And um, and that there'll be real change, and we want to pray for you guys. Yeah. Um, do you want to? Yeah. Read this,
1: that? your no These are your notes. Yeah. You can't. Don't wait till you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Um, it's on here somewhere. I saw
1: it. Don't wait until you're in trouble. Yeah. And I oh, think that that's, was relying that seg- on God. It that, was. Yes, that's, that. that segues into us praying right now. But what
0: what it means when I when I was writing that is that. You have to get the word. I'm going to preach for you. Sandy's literal. You're going to have to get the word in you. Yes. If you don't know the word, how do you believe for your marriage? How do you believe for your children? So yes. you have to get the word in you. How do you get the word in you? You study it. You learn it. You read books about it. You, 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 you just get in the word and find out what God says about yes. your situation. So you don't want to wait till you have, to, till you have cancer to believe God for your healing. You want the healing scriptures in you yeah. already so that when anything comes your way and the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy comes against you and comes against your marriage or in your body, that you already know what the word says mm-hmm. and you can already speak the word, yeah. that no evil will come near me. Right. I mean, I can, I can go on and on and on, but you don't wait. You don't wait till you're in trouble in your marriage to do something about it. You know, marriage is like um, a house. It needs maintenance, yeah. constant maintenance. Yeah. I can tell you we've had our, tr- our, our house for over 20 years constantly. I'm telling you, we'll fix this thing, and then, you know, well, we'll then everything snowballs, and we got to fix this. You don't sell the house because you have to fix it. Yeah. Oh, you, you, so defin- you, you, you work That's on great. it. I mean, marriage is work. Can everybody say yes to that? I mean, it's work. (laughs) And it's intended to be that because it's worth it. It's worth it for a great marriage. And you have to work at it. You can't just sit back and it's like, well, you know, I hope he figures things out, you know. I mean. Deferred
1: maintenance will bankrupt a home, a business, a marriage. You keep. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The biggest thing that we can do, I think, leading this service tonight is to provide hope that will never disappoint. Um, You might feel like you're in trouble. Um, You might have a decent marriage. You might have a good marriage. You might have a great marriage. The Bible says the effectual fervent (laughs) prayer of righteous men and women avail much. We're going to offer prayer for you. Um, I want to lead you in a proclamation of faith regarding your marriage and your life but I also want to when we conclude that I'm going to open the altar for elders and um, assistant pastors to come up and just to pray for whomever and just spend a few minutes with you um, and, and let me tell you this is a church full of, of fighters we're not running for cover we're going to stand and fight and the good fight of faith. Wow. We're gonna run this race as one who wins. And we want you to get out in front of the issues that have been plaguing your marriage. Because things don't get better with time. Yeah. Do not, that's a fallacy. Yeah. You have to act upon it. And let me tell you the right action tonight turns everything around. Yes, it does.
0: And God is a God of second. Third, fourth, yeah. fifth, tenth.
1: Um, chances.
0: Chances. <laughs> the name of it. Yeah. Chances. So, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, really
1: yes. Thanks for going overtime tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, have some takeaways, man. If you're if you're here and I mean we ought to have Tara Trevino do a a class or a seminar on conflict resolution. I, I, when she talks about that in the office, I just sit and listen. I mean, it's, uh, I mean she's like a, a professor with it. And uh, you wonder how Chano has made it this long. <laughs> Tara's an expert at conflict resolution. <laughs> God, I thank you for every household here. God, every man, every woman, every child represented, God, first of all, I pray for the single folk in here tonight. God, I thank you that your will is the desires of their heart are granted. God, I thank you for the right spouse, the right mate, and God, at the right time. God, I thank you for it. God, for married people. God, what the enemy's meant for bad, you turn it to good. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And God, we look up where our help comes from. And God, I thank you now for incredible marriages. God, that are only better because of this time tonight. God, I thank you that help men in this room, help women in this room. God, I thank you that there's a hedge of protection about every home here. God, your word promises no evil shall befall them, nor any plague come near where they live. And God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for the Durans. God, I thank you for this, this, this great church, the most incredible group of people on the planet. And God, I thank you that every marriage in this room prevails in Jesus' name. Say this with me. Father God, I thank you tonight. My life's in your hands. I'm equipped for every good work. And God, I thank you now for my marriage. It's strong. It's healthy. It's happy. I'm fulfilled. Greater is he who's in me. Greater is he who's in my spouse than he who's in the world. Now, God, I thank you that you daily load us with benefits. God, I thank you that your blessings come upon us and overtake us. In Jesus' name, my home is a home of health of prosperity and of peace. And God, I thank you that my latter days will be greater than my former. And God, my marriage is something my children can build their lives upon. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.